his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, don't give me unthinkable. Don't give me unimaginable words that we used to associate with, uh, you know, violent shootings that have happened, mass shootings that occur. That's unthinkable. It's unimaginable. Are you friggin' kidding me? Because it's uh, totally thinkable, totally imaginable in America. I am so sick of having to come on the air and talk about gun violence because it happens so often and we have to talk about it. We have to address it and nothing new is ever offered up. So I sit here a day after a Super Bowl parade, a celebration of a Super Bowl winning team when fans come together, something we'd love here in Minnesota to be able to line the streets of the Nicollet Mall or line the streets of West 7th and have a championship parade. But we'd be looking over our shoulder wondering, could it happen here? Of course it could happen here. It could happen anywhere in the United States of America. So stop with, oh, it's unthinkable. It's unimaginable. And I think most of us have moved past that, totally accepting that, yeah, absolutely it's imaginable. It's totally uh, predictable in some cases, especially in a large crowd like that. And again, I'm not ready to say this is uh, this was some deranged person or three deranged people. It totally could have been a a dispute because that's how we handle disputes now, especially young people. That's uh, we we turn to violence. And yes, parenting is part of this problem. Yes, mental health is part of this problem, and guns are part of this problem too. There are so many guns, so many guns. Legal guns that people have, illegal guns that people have, and I have no idea how to combat that. Brian O'Hara, the chief Minneapolis police chief, uh, on with uh, Tom Hauser this morning. We have him frequently. And the next time we have him on, that's what, I, that's what I'm going to ask him. So, okay, how does a police department in a major city get illegal guns off the street? Did you hear the uh, the, the audio yesterday of that shooting? I mean... It was so rapid fire, and part of the investigation into this is whether or not they were using one of these devices that allows you to fire several times without having to pull the trigger more than once. Yeah, that's a problem, too. And the people who support gun rights, Second Amendment people, point to that as saying, see, gun laws don't prevent that. Those things are illegal anyway. So how do we, yeah, that's part of the problem, too. 
So here's my question for you. As I just mentioned that a celebration, a parade, I mean, add it to the list of where we've had shootings. Where on earth would you go today and feel completely safe that, no, a shooting couldn't happen here? Where is that place in the United States? And uh, I'm, I'm... Let me know. 651-461-9226. Where can you go today where you would feel completely safe that, no, there's not going to be a shooting here? I could come up with one example, and I think it's the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl has so much security, maybe airports, because you have to go through uh, security, after security, because we see a bunch of knuckleheads try to get their guns or forget their guns or think, uh, and they try to get them through security. So maybe pass the security checkpoint at an airport and the Super Bowl. Where else? Because they have got the security and the screeners. But anywhere else? Uh, a church basement? Nope. Uh, a, an elementary school? Nope. A Super Bowl parade? Nope. All can happen. In your house? Nope. I remember after 9-11, um, security tightened up at airports and a lot of other places that we used to be able to walk in. You know, whether it's a museum or a government building or a sporting event, security has gotten tighter um, after 9-11 and in the years since then. I, I think at first that was an annoyance to a lot of people. Ah, why do I got to go through? And I think Well, an annoyance and also privacy rights, right? I mean, yeah, there sure. was absolutely yep. arguments yep. for yep. privacy yep. rights. But I think we're now getting to a place where, because as you just said, shootings like we saw yesterday are not surprising anymore. No, not at all. And because of that, I think when we go through security now, we go, okay, well, that's a little annoying, yeah. but I think this is good. I'm going into a place, and, I, and, and you ask the question, where do you feel safe? I think once you pass through a TSA-style security, now I'm in a place that has some comfort that people here um, don't have guns and that there's not going to be a situation. Yeah. And, and, and beyond that, is that a society, anybody, is that a society you're willing to live in where no matter where you go, you've got a clear security. Obviously that's not going to happen. We don't, we don't have the funds and the money to do that, but even like at, at your kid's school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes you feel safer as a parent, but it's your kid's school where they're, you know, they're they're working with construction paper, making little uh, murals and stuff, and that's we've got to fear and make our schools yeah. safer. And it makes me think we're going backwards as a society in this area because we're supposed to be uh, we're supposed to be a country. I grew up thinking I lived in a country that was somehow bigger, better, safer, yeah. freer than other places in the world. And look, I've been to other places in the world that aren't as safe where everywhere you go there's an armed guard. At yeah. a restaurant, at a at a anywhere, at a movie theater there's an armed guard because that's what's needed and is that the direction we're going in the United States where you need armed security personnel anywhere where there's people gathering and again that didn't stop it because no. in yesterday's event there was hundreds of police present. Over 800 cops on the scene oh. yesterday. We don't even have that's what we. Sh- that's the amount of the police force should be in Minneapolis, and we're about three hundred short of that. Mm-hmm. So they had eight hundred cops on scene yesterday, and it didn't stop this. And I'm not, you know, I, and 
it's it's so predictable this dance we do when it happens and again this one may be very different from uh the other mass shootings we've seen where it's a person who's actually targeting innocent people that doesn't seem to be the case that could change but at least from and we don't know yet we don't have any kind of motive it could be two groups of people who were arguing and decided that the guns was the way to settle it. And sadly, there was so many other people in the area that they were caught in some of the crossfire. We don't know the specific weapons involved. And I hear people screaming already. Well, this is, you know, screaming about um, assault weapons ban, which is a conversation that at least should be entertained. But in this particular instance may not have anything to do with what we're talking about here. This is another example, though, of the prevalence of guns. And when I say that as a gun owner, and I say that as someone, I don't want to have somebody uh, take my guns away. Because you know what? Nobody's tried to, first of all, nobody's tried to take my guns away from me. And that argument often is just uh, a non-starter for so many people. We go back to two groups of thought here. Is it mental health or is it guns? Both. The answer is yes, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> to, to that question. And it's also about uh, the criminal activity in this country. But part of that criminal activity is the access they have to firearms. So what is it? Where in the country would you feel completely safe? Somebody says, a small town rodeo. Because if a, knuck- if a knuckle had attempted to shoot people, the attendees would tear them to pieces literally before law enforcement arrived. That's a Pleasant thought, not a pleasant thought, but that's an interesting thought that you think might happen, but you have no idea. You have no idea. It's not like you plan for this and know exactly where the shots are going to come from and know who the shooter is. Bravo to the people, by the way, who tackled that one suspected shooter yesterday. Uh, What about video games like Call of Duty? Kids play for hours on end. What does that pump into their heads? I used to kind of reject that at its face, like, oh, come on. But there's a, there is something strange about the fact that we as a country market that and sell that and say, yeah, this is something that we want young people or kids or even young adults who are in the gaming, that this is kind of a motivating uh, video game for people. Like this is something that they want to play. Yeah, let's play a game where I just shoot people and randomly you know, kill people. Uh, that's got to be what I'm saying is everything has to be on the table here. Or is it just so simple that this is part of our society now and that we're just not willing to do it? And this is just the cost of living in the society we have. That's great until it happens to you, until it's your parade, until it's your school, until it's your church, until it's your grocery store, until it's your home. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Where on earth in this country would you go and feel completely safe, completely immune from gun violence? Six five one four six one nine two two six. I just heard somebody yelling to stop this guy, tackle him, and he was coming in the opposite direction. So. I just, you don't think about it. It's just a reaction. He got close to me. I got the right angle on him, and I hit him from behind. And when I hit him from behind, I either jarred the gun out of his hand or out of his sleeve. Because as I'm taking him down to the ground, 
I see the gun on the ground. So I take him down and I put all all my body weight on him. And then another good Samaritan comes over and is helping me because I kind of got him high and the other guy gets him around his waist and we're just putting our weight on him and he's just fighting to get up. But we're, we're fighting to keep him down. And another Samaritan comes over and puts his weight on us and we're waiting for the cops to show up. They finally, well, they get there and uh, the second cop gets there, the third cop gets there, then they pretty much take over and we I, I i i'm standing there for about a minute or two you know me and the cops didn't even have like one or two words you know wow. once they had them and got them cuffed i sat there for two minutes with all my three daughters and then we just we we walked away we, we headed toward our car uh, that's the individual who, uh, on video, you can see tackled one of these uh, suspected shooters involved in this uh, shooting yesterday at the conclusion of the Super Bowl celebration in Kansas City. Bravo to him and those other folks, too. Um, and again, over 800 cops on scene. And here we are again. We're having the same conversation we've had hundreds of times. And if you've got the – again, I just – I. I I, I don't have the answer. I have no idea what the answer is. But it'd be nice if, like, we were actually working towards an answer. Instead, we dig our ground and we don't yield. We don't even try to come up with a solution. And if you, what are the problems? You know, you don't have to say this is the sole problem. There's a lot of different issues here, including young people, problems young people have, unsupervised Criminal activity. We see it on our streets every single day. We heard the chief talking about the carjacking situation. They do it for thrills. That's that's a sickness in this country. And yes, we have a gun problem. There's too many of them out there, and there's too many in the hands of people who shouldn't have them. It's a mental health problem. It's all of the above. Yet why can't we at least start talking together and saying, okay, let's all get, let's all have a stake in this and let's all do something about it. Dave is in St. Michael, who's called in on the WCCO talk line. Dave, uh, your thoughts on this. What do you think? My thought is, uh, and I've thought about this a long time, and I know you're just going to laugh it off or think that it's too radical. This country would never do it. You know, you go to the countries in the Middle East, they don't have a lot of violence because they do things, their punishment is so severe that they um, people are afraid to do crime. So my thought on this has always been, and I've ran this to people that are conservative or mm-hmm. liberal or whatever, and they, look, they say to me, and they go, wow, that's a good idea. Okay, so you don't want to take away somebody's ability to live their lives. Yep. So, what does it take to shoot a gun? It takes a forefinger and a thumb. Now, this sounds crazy, and I know you're going to think it sounds crazy, but first offense with a gun, you remove their forefingers. They cannot no longer pull a trigger. Mm -hmm. But you can still live your life, you can still work. And you put some people on the street showing their hands missing fingers, there's going to be some fear out there. Second offense, 
the thumbs go away. And I, I know you think that's radical, but no, I that's did, how you stop people from shooting guns. Uh, Dave, I and uh, go go ahead. Let, I'll let you finish here. See, why? And if anybody wants to argue the fact that that sounds too severe, we live in a civilized society. Those people are not civilized. That are doing what they're doing. They don't deserve the rights of a civilized society. Thank you, Dave. That's Dave and St. Michael. I understand that. And I'm, like I said, I don't know what the answer is. So we should be able to at least entertain all ideas. I will say that sounds a little, sounds a little barbaric. And yes, other countries may do that, but we also have a thing called due process in this country where, okay, like what, what are the rules for doing that for? I, I just don't think as a country. And again, it sounds ludicrous sometimes because we're dealing with, uncivilized things happening on our streets every single day that we wouldn't do that as part of punishment, but I don't see us going that way. But come on, there's got to be some other ways we can deal with that other than resorting to, you know, cutting people's limbs off uh, when they violate certain crimes. I don't think we came up with the answer. And I'm afraid we're going to have this conversation again. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm not with cutting limbs off. I think if the base of his argument, though, Dave's argument is about stronger penalty for people who commit violent crimes and gun crimes. And I think that can be part of the solution. Yep. That if you are somebody who owns a gun and misuses it in any way, can we increase the penalty mm-hmm. for that? I, I, that I think should be part right. of the problem. Let's let's take the losing of limbs off the table. Yes, but, but um, stronger enforcement so that you know people on the street, people who own guns, know right. that if this gun, the gun that I own, gets misused in any way, it's not a slap on the wrist. Right. It's a serious penalty that will. Uh, I, I think that can absolutely be part of the problem. Uh, on to a different kind of problem that also is reflective on an uncivilized society in a much much lesser lesser consequence. Parents behaving badly at sporting events. If you've got a, a child playing youth sports right now or a grandchild, a pretty good chance you've seen parents behaving badly. What should we do about it? Our fines. Should we be fining parents who go over the top during youth sporting events? One lawmaker in Minnesota feels we should. It's that time. We'll talk to him next about parents behaving badly. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't think there's a sport that's immune from this where parents just are 
get too involved, get too crazy during youth sports. I'm sure you've seen it, whether it's your kid or your grandkid. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the parent. Well, how about getting fined? Would a $1,000 fine make a difference if a parent crosses the line? We've talked about it before, and my big question is, how do we enforce that, and where does the where do those fines go? Well, our next guest has some answers to that. Representative John Hewitt is a member of the Minnesota legislature. He joins us now on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. He's on his way to the Capitol. John, thank you so much for the time. And this is personal for you, right? You're a you're an official, and you've seen this firsthand. How bad is it getting? It's and thank you for covering this. It's getting it's it's on the rise. I mean, not only here in Minnesota but around the country. Um, I've talked to other refs around the country as well as in Minnesota and you know, it's, we got to cool it off and, you know, and I know like youth, uh, youth sports, like in the lower level have tried different things like a chill card and stuff like that. And at the high school level, they really try to, uh, they really try to clean it up as soon as they can. The, the game, uh, we have people that like the athletic directors that are in the stands watching for this stuff, but even there, they're not getting the respect they deserve, and you know, and they're in a public position, so they get. Sometimes, if you draw attention to these individuals, it it can end up worse. So we're trying a different approach here, and um, hopefully, this will deter it. Uh, what's interesting is I found out this morning both I have two bills that are similar. One is the assault of an official, an actual physical assault, like we had up in the Detroit Lakes area last year, where. Uh, fan entered the floor, jumped over the team, and actually threw popcorn at the official and ripped his whistle off. That would be, uh, and that bill, that would be a gross misdemeanor. Also, you could be hit with a $1,000 fine. Um, the $1,000 fine a play a, a really is administered by the Amateur Sports Commission. Um, they're the legal arm of the state. And what they would do is give you a hearing, um, gather the evidence, like let's say, there isn't one place that you're, as an official or as a sporting event, um, you're not on film now. You're, you're either getting filmed by the school itself in the gymnasium or you're getting filmed on the field by someone's uh, uh, camera on their phone. And so they would gather evidence like that and then give the person a fair, a fair hearing. And it can be up to a $1,000 fine. People can't afford a fine. They can definitely wash cars. Um, it just, we really need to, send attention to this because no one wants to sit next to that parent or that kid and it also what's interesting about it it doesn't only apply it applies to the fans so like the situation in the metro a few weeks ago uh, one of the ad's came up to me said would apply to that and i go yes where we had students rush the floor and start a melee yeah um send those parents send those kids home with a thousand dollar fine, I think their parents would get a little bit more involved. I know I would. Yeah. So, anyways, John. So what? 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 Is, what is the threat? Because, like you know, some parents obviously get loud and get boisterous and may vocally criticize. That's part of things. When does it meet that threshold where okay, you're going to be fined for that? It's when it gets to the point of profanity. When you're coming out on the floor. When you're, you know, it's one of those things. You know it when you see it. Um, yeah, you're right. I'm okay with getting, I really am. I have no problem with a parent bad call or making fun of my eyesight or something <laughs> like that. But um, it, there is a line that you can't cross. And when you're distracting where officials are stopping the game because they're worried about their safety, or our job is the safety of the players, right, and the yeah. experience of the players. 
this isn't about the coaches. It's not about me. It's about what experience our kids are having. Win or lose, we want them to walk off there with a good experience the best we can. And some Yahoo in the stands or somebody that keeps coming out on the floor, it, we got to deal with it, and we need some, you know, right now it's just you get kicked out of the gym or the, the school and I haven't heard. I'm waiting for the high school lead to get back to me. Um, on, have you ever really used the uh, one-year suspension on somebody? They, and it doesn't seem like it has it, but it's more than the high school league. This has gone down to the youth level, too, and we're going to use it there also. So the money that's so the money collected uh, from these fines that goes to the uh, the Youth Athletic Association. Talk to me about what happens to that money and how you plan how your legislation would use that money. So the Amateur Sports Commission would help recruit new officials and train them. Um, that's what we're focused on because I'm sure everybody knows about the official shortage. Yep. Um, we'd want to encourage more. I was just thinking about this this morning about. You know, I was a varsity player and stuff like that, but my coaches were more encouraging of me to become an official than they were a college athlete. I don't know why that is, but um, <laughs> me this, too. Yeah, this, yeah, this um, this career, as I can put it, has taken me. You know, I'm 58 now, and I'm on my 40th class reunion, so I've been doing this a lot longer than I would have played ball in college, I guess. So, um, I think that we need to, you know, we really need to encourage our kids and. If they hear, if they know we're protecting them and they want to get into this, they know that we're giving them tools that, you know what, enough's enough. And um, it really, again, to focus on this, it's about the kids. It's about those players and their experience. And so, and realistically, the field, the court, the debate stage, it's all an extension of a classroom. And we forget that. And you know this too. It's kids. It's the athletes usually aren't the problem, right? It's the it's the it's the parents and the other fans. The athletes aren't a problem. Sometimes the coaches get a little spirited, but it's this bill does not apply to the athletes. It applies to who's in the stands, and so we can deal with if if an athlete really gets out of hand, we have tools for that. The same with a coach. Same with a given, you know, any anybody that really is involved with the game. Even I can get in trouble. I mean, we have had officials that basically the league had to remove. But the truth is, is that we we have an accountability. We have no accountability for the fans, and it's got to end. We're talking to Representative John Hewitt uh, is proposing this bill that would uh, fine parents for crossing the line during games a thousand dollars and turn that money into recruitment efforts for officials. Is that the number one reason we are losing officials and we don't see uh, people uh, signing up to be officials in, in any kind of sports is, is the pressure they get and the, the abuse they take from parents? Is that, is that the driving factor? No, I don't think it's just that. I mean, yeah, it's, it gets tough when you feel like you can't get it right because officials are a different breed. They want to get it right. And if they got people wrapping them all the time or following them to their car, and their safety is involved. It's just like has that happened. Get, has that happened to you, John? Is it, has you had people like out waiting outside for you? I've had people follow me to my house, and oh, uh, you know. But I'm a politician. That might happen more in that area too. Well, so, that's scary but, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the the truth is, is that you know that that kind of behavior's got to stop. And um, my other bill that I was talking about, the gross misdemeanor, that will protect officials to their car. We've had female officials. Um, basically get followed to their car. And so if you watch officials leave a floor or a game, they go together because of these situations. 
And so um, we really, we just want our safety. And it's like you said, is this the only reason? No. There's a, I mean, you give up a lot of time. You do get a stipend. But the point is, is sometimes you got to weigh it out and say, do I want to give away my kid's birthday party? Or last night, uh, you know, I know I've been married a while, but uh, I, was, I was doing a game last night on Valentine's Day. Um, my wife's still not talking to me. So, um, you know, are we willing to keep giving that kind of stuff up? And, um, but my wife also knows this is really important to me, and she's really supportive of it. So I don't know. I, I think there's other factors, but I think the league – and uh, the the commissioners are working yeah. to get us more into it. So yeah, with well, the the fine. So who would enforce to make sure that people actually pay up? And like, if somebody's just ignoring the fine, who how, how is that enforceable? So it's a so the, the reason it's at the Amateur Sports Commission because I was like, oh, I'll just give it to the high school league. High school league is actually um, ran by the high schools that are members, so it's not a state agency per se. Whereas the high the the Amateur Sports Commission is actually a state agency that has the empowerment through the state to enforce that fine and, retri- and retrieve it where they can take the action. Um, we never have used them for this before, so it's new territory for us. So we're, we're looking at how that works. Basically, as an official or as a game official, so that means like the AD, if we feel that there was a problem here, we would make the referral to that Amateur Sports Commission, and they would be responsible for... Um, for investigating and you know and we we're going to have to make it so the schools can share information and that they have subpoena power and stuff like that which the state agencies for the most part yeah. have those kind of authorities and that's why it's sitting with the amateur sports commission and give them the tools and again remember i don't want to keep thinking that it's only parents it could be grandparents or uncles and aunts too yeah but the or anybody at the game right but the but the thing is is that that they have the enforcement power to go after it Last thing for you, John, and this is something I think there's probably a lot of parents out there who like to go to the games and they know there's a couple parents that usually get loud. And it's up to, I think a lot of it is the responsibility of some of the other parents. What do you say to parents who maybe feel a little intimidated when something like this happens about how they should speak up and policing it on their own? And this is a reason. I, I shouldn't even be doing this, Bill. I have to be honest with you. It's pathetic that I got to do this. This actually came as an idea from a parent that actually did speak up, and they were so threatened by that that they stopped going to games. The next year, their son dropped out. That's bad. And we can never have that happen when a parent tries to wrong a right in public and they get scrutinized for it. That's that's the environment we live in. Now we got to give that a little bit of power because it's uh, some of these people that do this are very, very vocal and very, very forward. And basically, they're bullies. Yep. And so, you know, how do you deal with a bully? And we got to go to this extreme, really? I mean, I, I would like not to have to do laws like this. This is ridiculous. I got other big things I'm working on. And this, this to do this, I mean, it's terrible. So I think I hate to ask the parents to keep doing that, but make sure you call it. Or if you don't feel comfortable, the AD's in, the, in there, or there's somebody that's in charge of that field other than the officials. And we've had officials stop games, too. I mean, they will stop the game if they feel that the players are threatened, their safety, we have the right to stop the game. And so, um, you know, we don't need to put up with this anymore. So, yeah, I encourage the parents to keep trying, but I understand why they don't want to. John, thanks for the time today, and uh, we'll talk to you again. 
Thank you, sir. Have a good day. John Hewitt, representative uh, with this bill that would fine parents, youth sports parents, $1,000 if they cross the line. Is that a good idea? If you've been to a sporting event and seen a parent out of control, I think you'd agree. Fine them. 651-461-9226. Is $1,000 enough to uh, curb out-of-control parents at sporting events? Worth a shot. By the way, your Linda's construction time check is 9.55. Time to get 50% off installation labor on Infinity from Marvin Windows. Taking a sampling of whether or not... uh, a thousand dollar fine would uh, do the job. We talked to uh, Representative John Hewitt. He's proposing that legislation and that money raised by the uh, Amateur Sports Association that would actually enforce those fines would use be used to recruit officials. Uh, people commenting, like our friend Dave, who called in earlier about what his solution would be to gun violence, cutting off fingers. Uh, an angry parent needs to have their pointer finger. To cross the line and point that finger at an official, maybe we should start cutting off their pointer fingers. No, I don't think that. Uh, I know that's tongue-in-cheek. Uh, if you find parents, chances are you'd never get paid from them. I think a better thing would be to ban that parent from attending in a future games for a period of time. That would mean you'd have to probably have law enforcement there to enforce it, though. Yeah, that's the problem, and that was John Hewitt was talking about. If you missed the conversation, by the way, that podcast will be up soon uh, at the Adam and Jordana podcast, but he was saying that yeah, even though they've done some of those bans, but the enforcement of those bans, really, who's it up to make sure those parents don't show up? To me, the enforcement doesn't seem like that big of an issue because no. don't you just stop that family from registering for the next tournament or event or whatever? Like, you're unable to continue yeah. participation until that Which is made. really sad because then you're restricting that kid's ability to play. But, yeah. But that's, I mean, that should be enough for a parent to say, yes, I better keep my mouth shut because yes. I'm embarrassing my kid and now he's not going to have a chance to play. He also talked about being an extension of the classroom. And that's where we're missing is that exactly. this is a learning experience right. for children yeah. and the adults are ruining it. What's it coming up in quick takes? Uh, to shovel or not to shovel and a new fast casual restaurant coming to your neighborhood, Adam. Excellent. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.